son. Your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. We're talking movies for this brand new episode of Totally 80s and 90s Recall. Hello and welcome. If you're new to the show, we are so excited that you found us. And for our returning listeners, it's great to have you back. Well, if you love all things 80s and 90s, from music and movies to television and pop culture, then this is the podcast for you. I am one of your hosts, David, joined as always by my good friend, Rob. Uh, guten Tag. Ah, uh, Guten Tag. Yeah, a shout out to f- uh, Frau Cherry. Frau Cherry. Uh, <laughs> Milwaukee High School. Yeah, I had Frau Cherry. Yeah. So. Two years of German. I did not German. have her for German. I had her for shockingly english so i didn't know apparently she, she went yeah. back and forth yeah. two yeah, years of she german she taught a senior english class to yeah. which she put on a record mm-hmm. of romeo and juliet try listening to romeo and juliet on record <laughs> uh for an hour in class it's not it's not yeah. great so yeah, I'm, um, I'm practically but, bilingual yeah but she did let us cut class and didn't really cost us too much uh when we were seniors so i can't be too mad at the frau for that one but guten tag that's a good one so i think you've used all your uh english versions of hello so we're going to branch out into the world so being that i am the creative element of this show i'm just kidding i'm not we're both creative (laughs) uh but i was thinking uh this week because i like to think and i thought about an idea for a future episode okay where we're going to get our listeners involved oh boy yes so what I want to do is... And you have not revealed this to me. I have not. Uh-huh. So this is... We I just was thinking about this. No discussion. Okay. It's just happening. Okay. So here's what I want. For our listeners, Okay. I'm tasking you, those that are listening, uh, we're going to do a top 20 songs of the 90s episode. Okay? But here's okay. how it's going to work. We want you, the listeners, to send us a song that oh. you think is a top song from the 90s. Okay. And the first 20 responses I get that's the list. We'll put them in no particular order. Okay. And we'll we'll just release them. Okay. And so but we need 20 listeners to send us these ideas. Okay. So go to our email, go to our social media sites and leave an idea for a song. And the first 20 songs that I get, those are the songs. Okay. Um if I get any repeats, we'll obviously cut those out, but uh I will not I'm not going to pick and choose any of the songs. Just the first okay. 20 we receive. Now, if we get 20 from our listeners, that episode will occur. If we don't get 20, then we'll just keep doing what we do. But I'd like to see if this can uh, happen and see if our listeners want to chip in here and have some fun. I like it. And then what we'll do is we will react to our listeners' 20 choices. Okay. No, I like it. No, that's fun. And I can't be responsible for what I say. (laughs) So pick good songs if you send them to us. It's fair game. It is fair game. So I think it could be fun. No. So after this episode, again, go to our email, go to our social media, send us a song. You only get one song. If you send me a list of four songs, I'm just picking the first one. So okay. be smart listeners and make a selection, and then we will put it together and have okay. it on a future episode. I love it. No, I love it. I, I like the idea of getting the fans involved. That's good. Yeah, be good. Well, on this podcast, Rob and I will travel back to the two decades that shaped not only our lives, but influenced the world for generations that followed. Each episode, we will develop and discuss lists of selected topics or perhaps identify a significant event, movie, or whatever we recall from growing up in the 80s and 90s, providing some awesome memories, fun, and nostalgia along the way. With all that, Rob, what topic will we be covering today? 
Well, we are going to go, uh, if I've done my math correct, we are, we are going to go back 37 years ago to the year of 1986. And we're going to look at the top movies of 1986. Our favorite movies of Our 86. favorites, yeah. Yes. Not, not necessarily the best. They but may not be yeah, the top yeah. movies. Yes. So I wanted to give you some stats here. Uh, so people may not realize that you, you're in the process of buying a home. No one would know that. No one would yes, know Yes, but now they do. Now they do. So uh, here's some stats. That's very timely. So the average cost of a new home in 1986 was $89,000. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, the average income... Uh, was $22,400. The average monthly rent was $385. The average price of a new car was $9,255. A gallon of gas was 89 cents. You could buy a Tandy 600 portable computer for $1,500, actually 1,600 bucks. You could buy a Ford Mustang for $7,000 and you could get 10 acres plus a three bedroom home fully modernized with all appliances and a large kitchen for $71,000. You're just making all the listeners angry because (laughs) everything there makes everything now look awful is what it does. So anyway. Yeah. yeah, So yeah. So and we're going to look at the movies of 86 from that year. The movies. Our movies. Well, as you just alluded to, 86 was a long, long time ago. Like we didn't even know each other yet. Long time ago. Oh, yeah. No. So we were like nine or 10 years old, and I do remember some things, uh, but it definitely takes a lot of effort and a lot of work on my part to conjure up how I was thinking and feeling in 1986. Uh, so going through these movies, put myself back in that place uh, was a challenge. I think I got through it, but it was definitely a challenge. Uh, yeah, uh, same idea. I was uh, eight to nine. I would have been eight or nine years old, so I'm. it was a struggle for me to remember a lot of these movies. So Yeah, well... Once you remember them, then you realize how awesome '86 maybe was. You you would have been proud of my pre-production. I did I did my homework on this. I one. know you've uh, I you've didn't I didn't skate on this one. Yes, you've definitely been progressing in your yeah. pre-production work early in the podcast, early episodes, and fans can go hear it. You just kind of winged it, I and did, let's just I see did. what happens. I did, and now you really buckle down. You study. Yeah, I did uh, as an educator. I feel like that should already be uh, yeah. built into you. So now you're just using it. I never said I was a great student. Yes, but. Yeah. Uh, well, but you produce great students, so we'll say there that, go. right? Well, that's not too bad. <laughs> well, let's jump into our dad's Ferrari and head into Chicago to have a great time revisiting our favorite movies of 1986. So quick disclaimer, because we love disclaimers. The movies being presented, as we said, at least from my part, are not and that's a capital N-O-T for you visual learners out there, the best movies of 1986. As a young child, these are just the movies I remember watching and are ranked by how I think I remember liking them at the time. And with all that being said, let's head somewhere out there. And Rob, give us your number 10. All right, my number 10 is uh, Short Circuit. Johnny number five. Johnny number five. Uh, This one has a 61% uh, or 67% audience score. My biggest memory of this one was uh, there's a line in the story. It says, hey, laser lips, your mama's a snowblower. Uh, it came in a very uh, uh, action-packed <laughs> part of the movie. Action-packed. But what I remember most about that is I was a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, I had pretty uh, thin skin. Yeah. Uh, we were at the playground uh, playing around uh, during the summer. A kid says, repeats this line to me. Yeah. And I take it personal. So I ride my bike all the way home, back to the babysitter, to tell the babysitter that 
somebody called my mom. Was it possible he snowblower. was just trying to talk to you about short circuit? Well, I look hindsight being twenty twenty. Maybe but, he thought that would be something that you two could have in common. Yeah. Well, needless to say, my babysitter had no sympathy for my no. for my. Uh, I think tattling. most '80s babysitters had no sympathy. Yeah. Go walk it off. Yeah. Figure it, Figure this thing out. Right? But but while researching a little uh, little '80s connection that you will appreciate. So Fisher Stevens, the guy that plays Ben, this movie did not age well. He not was sure a very uh, uh, Caucasian gentleman. They brown they brown skinned him, brown eyes. He played a. a Middle Eastern man uh, from India. Um, he was actually uh, fired and replaced with Bronson Pinchot. 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 Bucky uh, Bartok. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, but then they brought him back to do it. But yeah, he. Everything I read said he absolutely regrets this role. Well, and it, anytime for a you lot of go coloring yourself, uh, you're probably gonna look back on those most of the time and not be too. Yeah. Now, isn't the Gutenberg in that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Alan, Ali Sheedy, Stephen. Go- so. Yeah. I'll watch Astoria movie. was filmed in Astoria. Yeah. So. I'll watch any movie with the Goots. Yeah. So Gutenberg was an eighties powerhouse. So yeah. I will always watch. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Ali Shidi played an animal loving pacifist is what the description yeah. says. So anyway, so that my number 10 is short circuit. Well, Johnny five. And I, and That's I already lot. mentioned the, the song in a previous episode. You so, did. Uh, Elder well, if you love that movie, you should check out short circuit too. Cause I think he goes to New York and actually the, and everything I read, people said that was actually better than the first. So <laughs> it's not, but you can, uh, you can make that decision for yourself. Yeah. So, well, my number 10 is a heartwarming tale of a young boy who loves locusts. It is the teen sensation Lucas. Oh, released 28 March good. 86. Rotten Tomatoes 73 percent. Audience 70 percent. This has Corey Haim, Charlie Sheen, Winona Ryder, and Courtney Thorne Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a classic 80s teen movie. Yeah. Uh, Lucas is a nerd by 80s standards mm-hmm. because he's wearing glasses. Uh, he gets bullied, uh, but through all the bullying, somehow Charlie Sheen gets hepatitis. So Lucas brings <laughs> him food and his homework all the time, so they become <laughs> friends. Charlie Sheen's a big football player and all that, so he kind of protects Lucas after that. But the big part of this movie that's exciting is uh, Lucas is trying to impress the girl, uh, his friend uh, that Charlie Sheen is now dating, and it's the girl from Goonies, so she's kind of always causing problems in these movies she's in. Uh, but Lucas joins the football team. Well, he doesn't join the football team. Oh, yeah, the girl, the, yeah. the lead from yeah. Goonies. Okay. Goonies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't join the football team. He shows up in uniform. They tell him he can't play, goes on the field anyway. And then they actually throw him the ball, which makes no sense. Uh, and while the ball is in mid-flight, he pulls his helmet off because that seems right, and then almost dies. They hit him, and he's, he, he almost dies. Goes to the hospital, uh, gets out of the hospital, doesn't die, comes back, and the two bullies are waiting by his locker. Oh. And when he opens his locker, a letterman jacket inside. Oh. And then what happens? 80 slow clap. Whole, whole hallway. The slow clap. For the slow clap. Yeah. Um, so Entertainment Weekly named this Number 17 of 50 best high school movies, which sounds huh. a little high to me, but they're experts, so I'll let them have that. Roger Ebert gave this four out of four stars. Um, <laughs> I've watched that. I don't know if it's four out of four, but all right. And he put this in his top 10 films of 1986. Uh, wow. There's 10 other better films than Lucas, and I yeah. liked Lucas at the time, but I've looked at all those films, and I don't know that this is a top 10. No. But it's nostalgic, and I remember watching it and thinking, because I was kind of a young Small yeah. kid with glasses, and I thought maybe oh. I could die playing football <laughs> when I get to high school. So thank you, Lucas, for that uh, inspiration. Yeah, no, I 
that's one of those ones I would have had. I wa- I had to rewatch many movies. Most of all of the movies on my list I rewatched. That would have been one I had to. No, I remember I Lucas. Don't remember. And he loves locusts. I, say, so. I forgot the locust part. Yeah, oh, it's, wow. it's a big part of the movie. So. All right. Very, it's a key plot no, point. That was a good so. pick. So we, we talked pre, uh, pre-show that you thought we'd have some overlap. Yeah, I think so. You, you, you're, we'll you're, you were th- saying you thought three. Over under three. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So my number nine, Iron Eagle. Uh, Real quick. Yes. My number nine is pure adrenaline and is also called Iron Eagle. What? Oh, yeah. How do you pure like that? Ad- no. Pure adrenaline? Pure adrenaline. It had a different name? No, no, it's Iron Eagle. Yeah, the movie's pure adrenaline. Oh, yeah, yes, Th- that's how it makes you feel. Well, ah, okay. Yeah. Of All right. Yeah. No. So uh, let's see. In my notes, killer soundtrack. Uh, there's a, a there's a lot of '80s uh, stereotypes in this. One. You yeah. got the you got the prom dance scene. There's a prom dance scene. '80s characters. There's a motorcycle. Uh, cassette. He, he's got the cassette thing on his thigh. Uh, you got uh, the Jane. Who is now in the office? She, but you had Larry B. Scott, who's the gay guy from the Nerds, Jerry Levine, who's Teen Wolf's buddy, Styles. He's in it. Um, it has a twenty percent tom- uh, tomato reader, uh, meter, fifty-seven percent audience score. Um, gosh, what else? Uh, the other thing that I was amazed when I watched, I had to rewatch it, was the quick turnaround of how quickly he became an F sixteen fighter pilot. No, no, there's no quick turnaround. It's insane. There was like it had there was like a week. Uh, yeah, he trained that. for a week and he was yeah. in the air. And then all of a sudden he's fighting Libyans is what yes. happened. Yeah, they went uh, they and they went across the Atlantic. Across the Atlantic. Yeah. So, uh, some things about this movie real quick. I remember when I was a kid I was excited for this movie cuz it's a fighter plane movie. But this came out the same year as Top Gun and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be like Top Gun, but it's just way worse, it's right? Not. This is like a made for TV movie if you really mm-hmm. watch it now. Uh Louis Gossett Jr.'s your main actor. Yep. Um, he was actually the best part of it. Here's the Chappy, deal. Chappy. Yeah, here's the deal. So this kid whose dad got shot down mm-hmm. over Libya, mm-hmm. he doesn't get into the Air Force Academy. He's throwing a big fit about it mm-hmm. is basically what's happening because mm-hmm. his whole life he wants to be a pilot. And then just so you know, uh, and our listeners know, of course, I am a retired veteran of the United States Air Force. Yeah. And this movie portrays a scenario <laughs> where five or six 16-year-olds steal two uh fully loaded F-16 aircraft off of an Air Force base. Yep. They get highly classified intelligence. Uh, they dupe the air traffic controllers to allow them to take mm-hmm. off. Uh, like, And they do it in the dumbest ways. They're like spilling coffee on people yeah. and they're like hugging someone yeah. so someone else can grab some. It makes the Air Force look like the dumbest people on earth. Yeah. And then they take these two planes, go fight, save the dad, come back. Mm-hmm. And when they go to Ramstein in Germany... They meet a tribunal where they're supposed to get in trouble. Do they get in trouble? No. Nope. No. Louis Gossett Jr. gets promoted to a general, and they put the kid into the Air Force Academy. So the message there is steel planes. Yeah. But here's a little thing. And Louis Gossett, he got shot. Uh, Chappie gets shot down. Yeah. And, he, and they get and him he, back. And he's back. Easily. He's, by the end of the show, he's back. Yeah, no problems. Because he vouches for him. That's how he gets no. into the academy. And a little fun fact I found out, the United States Air Force was initially supposed to give aircraft for this movie, but I they don't that. like, they didn't like the premise that... Uh, it made the Air Force look stupid. Yes. So these jets are all Israeli yes. F-16s, yes. and they had to film in Israel and stuff with some of the plane shots so they could use those planes. I read the same thing. The other thing that uh, I, I just missed my notes here, it said uh, Larry B. Scott 
was also the, one of the first opponents to lose to Daniel LaRusso in the Karate Kid. So there's all these 80s yeah. movies uh, crossovers. Lamar, yeah. Lamar, yeah. So, yeah. One more fun fact. Uh, the Twisted Sister song, We're Not yes. Gonna Take It, is in the movie. But not in the album. Not on the yes. soundtrack. I actually created, yeah. I had to go find all the songs. I put it on my uh, Amazon playlist. Well, my over-under was three, so we're at one. Okay. All and right. not only that, our number nine was the exact same, Iron okay. Eagle. Okay. But it was a great movie. So, all right. That so means now my you get to go to number eight. All right. My number eight is The Boy Who Could Fly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you looked at all the movies in 86, because yes. I did too, and you came yes. up with The Boy Who Could Fly? Well, I had, to, I had to pick the ones that I remembered, and I remember watching this all one. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so it's Fred Savage. Uh, it's got a 63% tomato meter, but a 69% audience score. Uh, it's got the gal from Facts of Life who played Natalie. Uh, the daughter is the love interest uh, in The Great Outdoors. Also a great movie. Hopefully I'll come up one day on an episode. Uh, he's all into make paper airplanes. Um, and the mom is the wife from Die Hard. So, so there's some 80s uh, uh, crossovers. But yeah, uh, th- th- it's a great movie. It deals with... Uh, there's it's I My wife and I watched it together. Yeah. And we actually thought that it was a little bit... In 86 would have been a little bit ahead of its time. They're talking about autism, which is wasn't a thing that, that you know people are talking about. And uh, uh, suicide. Uh, yeah. So it had some weighty, uh, had some weighty topics that weren't uh, talked about. So in I saw that in, I remember seeing it back then. I don't know if it's exactly eighty six, but at some point it got rented, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you I might have made it through half of that movie. <laughs> uh, I did not think it was a good movie at that no. time. I will take your word that rewatching as a adult it might have a different yep. effect. But when I was younger, I didn't want anything to do with the boy that could fly. So, <laughs> uh, well, for me, it falls apart when he really flies. I, w- I was hoping that it was going to so be... So he actually flies. not a title to uh, the No. I, I was hoping it would be like a, uh, an, a an analogy for something. It but no, like, by the end of the movie, he's, he's actually flying. flying. And no. so then for me, it kind of goes... But, well... But anyway, that's my number eight. You enjoy that. Great. <laughs> well, we're not tied this time. Okay. My number eight comes from Friends of the Show, Australia, and it is Crocodile Dundee. No. I knew uh, that was going to make it. Released 26 September 86, obviously. Re- Rotten Tomatoes, 89%. Audience, 59%. So critics apparently liked it better than the audience. Paul Hogan, Linda Kozlowski. Uh, this is the highest grossing film all time in Australia. Highest grossing non-US film at the US box office ever. And second highest grossing film internationally in 1986. Uh, so plot's pretty simple. She goes to Australia to meet this Crocodile Dundee. They go on a walkabout. He teaches her about the Outback, all the good stuff. And then she brings him to New York. And of course, hijinks ensue. He's out of place in New York, uh, you know, because he's never been there before. And there's a lot of funny situations. Uh, probably my favorite situation uh, is he's, they're trying to mug him. And the guy goes, you know, oh, yeah. I've got a knife. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out that huge hunting bowie knife. He goes, that's not a knife. That's a knife, right? So, and then they laugh. The mugger laughs with him or something. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Um, but... Uh, it was definitely, this is definitely a rental and definitely a movie I remember mm-hmm. watching with my yep. family. Uh, and it spawned two sequels that I've never seen. Um, but uh, I did. I guess I didn't realize there I were sequels. I didn't realize there were two. I knew there was one, yeah. but I didn't know there's two sequels. Uh, but doesn't he go, he like comes to the US, like New York. That's or what something. I said. He comes to New York. <laughs> he's out of water. That's where the, that's, that's not right. a knife comes from. Oh, so he, okay. they're trying he to com- mug him. That's in the first one. Like okay. on the subway. That's right. And then he's that's like, right. Because she's like, he's got a knife. And he's like, that's not a knife. And then he pulls that thing yeah. out. And it's ridiculously big. So Crocodile Dundee, 
That's good. Remember that distinctly watching it with yep. my parents and my dad laughing at it. Yep. So no, I, that's a good one. I I looked at it, but I had other picks that like the boy who could fly. The boy could fly. <laughs> And number seven that's coming up right now. Uh, my number seven is uh, Flight of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. You know this. I remember that one. Yeah. Here's what I thought was interesting when I was looking at the notes. It uh, When I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, it says this 1978 Disney adventure. That's got to be a typo. But everything else says it was 86. So I don't know. But anyway, um, some things about this movie. Uh, they're, oh, they're talking about a reboot in 2017. Uh, they're talking about doing a reboot. Uh, Paul Rubens. Uh, Pee Wee Herman plays the voice of Max the robot. Uh, early. Uh, uh, Does he sound like Pee Wee Herman? There's I've, times I've where you seen that movie in yeah. a while. Is it going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's times where you They're hear it. Around. You totally hear it, and the rest <laughs> of the time it doesn't. But there's uh, uh, several times. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker makes an early uh, appearance in movies. It's got an 84% tomato meter rater, a rating and a 75% audience score. So um, it's fairly popular. But the thing that I thought was cool it said it's one of the first movies to use uh, CGI effects, and the soundtrack was all electronic. It was completely done electronic. So, uh, but yeah, and that's when I remember watching. Did you rewatch it? I, wa- I rewatched so, all the movies on my list. Gotcha. I rewatched I them. Yeah. remember watching that movie, and I remember thinking that that silver mm-hmm. plane or whatever the UFO he's mm-hmm. in is cool, but I just remember thinking the movie had no action. It was kind of like, I don't know, it was just him learning how to yeah. fly that thing around. Yeah. Yeah, so that's fine. I mean, trying to get back home. Yeah. It was supposed to be a kids' movie. It's got a little. It's got a little age. time travel element to it. Yeah. He goes back and it's, it's like alternative. You know, alternate. Uh, is is he? Uh, he hadn't aged. Yeah, but everybody else had. So. I definitely remember that movie. Uh, I think I've only seen it like once. Yeah. Um, it wasn't one I went back to a lot. So, but good, good choice. Uh, not the boy who could fly, but nope, solid. All right. So this is where we're going to take a huge left into what did he just say, Ville? <laughs> so remembering my age in 86, because okay. I was 10, my number seven is Howard the Duck. No. Um, it, there's a lot of problems with this movie, so we're going to talk about some of the problems with this movie, but this just kind of tells you, or this, this gives you an idea of what this movie was about. Uh, this was given a Razzie for worst song in a movie. Yeah, so this was This was from the movie. This is the theme song. Who sings it? Uh, nobody we don't know. know. It's nobody. Okay. No. So it's not good. Um, so, it, yeah, like I said, it won a Razzie for worst song. Um, so let me, released one August 86, and the Rotten Tomatoes is really bad here. Really bad. 14%. Oh. Audience, 38%. So this is definitely rotten <laughs> to the core. It stars Leah Thompson, Tim Robbins. Uh, Tim Robbins, really young. And Howard was voiced by Chip Zine. I have no I idea who that is. That is. Uh, this was intended to be an animated film, but through contractual obliga- obligations with the studio, it became a live-action film, which was a terrible plan. Okay. This was produced by George Lucas. And yes, Star Wars, George Lucas. This was the first Marvel comic made into a movie since I was going to say, was, it was a comic. Yeah. yeah. Since 1944, first Marvel movie made into a... Uh, Marvel comic made into a movie. Yes. There were TV shows, but this was the first theatrical release. This movie is objectively bad. Okay. But I was excited to see when I was 10. I remember the mm-hmm. previews. I'm like, cool, a duck. Uh, but the sex scene between Leah Thompson and yes. Howard was really confusing to watch <laughs> at that age. And well, I remember she pulls out a condom. And mm-hmm. I remember watching that as he going, yeah, what, not, what uh, is that? It's not something you forget quickly. <laughs> I'm um, like, is, why is the Back to the Future mom having sex with, with a duck? duck. Uh, 
It won uh, Razzies for Worst Picture, Worst awful. Screenplay, Worst Actress, and Worst Original Song, as we just heard, mm-hmm. the Howard the Duck song. So uh, this is probably one of the biggest bombs of all time everybody makes fun of, but at that age, at that time, mm-hmm. I remember no, going to the video store and being excited to grab that movie and watch it, <laughs> and then uh, it was kind of shattered after that because it's really, really yeah. stupid. So, yeah, other than the sex scene with the duck, uh, the other thing that I remember is in one of the recent... Avengers movies, there's an Easter egg. Yeah, they're bringing Howard back, but in because he's style. in the background, he's in one yes. of the cages in the collector's uh, museum. He's yeah. in the you know in the he background. Guys, a little uh, leisure suit on. Yeah, it's okay. awful. I dare oh. anyone. Just go see if you can make it through it. Put what were it the, on and watch it? What were the uh, Rotten Tomato numbers on it again? Fourteen percent from critics. Mm-hmm. Audience, thirty six percent or thirty nine percent from the audience. So it's rotten. So Sucks. even the audience couldn't pull no, that back. Nobody up. likes yeah. it. Okay, it's not. It's not even a bad B movie to look back on from these. It's just bad. <laughs> so, but well, go watch it and remember how bad it is. I was worried that I was going to have the worst one on here, like the worst rated one. But I, no, you, it'll be hard to a, beat you're that. You're a tick uh, above. So yeah, it'll be hard to beat that. All right, so uh, that's a good one. Uh, number six for me. Uh, this is now we're getting into some. Okay, so I'm. Gonna, it's Cobra, starring yeah. Sylvester Stallone. I love Cobra. Okay, it, real quick before you get too far. Mm-hmm. By hearing Cobra, uh, Laurel and Aubrey will tell you a hundred times. Yes, the bad guy in that, yes. Brian Thompson. Yeah, he went to college with their parents. Yes, it's Central. in my notes. I put Ellensburg connection. He's the night slasher. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is. Um, yeah, so he plays a uh, uh, Marion Cobra Cobretti. He's the, a part of this uh, uh, crack squad of uh, policemen. Uh, they had a name. Uh, it's called the. Uh, it's in my notes. I'll find it. But um, yeah, he finds himself in a murder uh, uh, investigation. Um, he meets uh, Bridget Nielsen, who they met on this movie. They become married. Uh, great quotes. So he says, "You're the disease, and I'm the cure." Perfect. He says, "This is where the law ends, and I begin." You gotta Sucka. say it. This is where the law ends, and I begin. You got to say it like, <laughs> like, like, uh, like we're uh, still alone. You have the right to remain there silent. There you go. That's how it is. We're the f- uh, And then he's having, with Brian Thompson, the Night Slasher, he's having this dialogue. And the Night Slasher says, we're the future. And he says, your history. And then he, shut, <laughs> and then he shoots him. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. Uh, he was nominated for, this movie was nominated for six Razzies. Of course. Worst picture, worst actor, worst actress, worst supporting actor, uh, and worst, uh, worst new star. It lost a lot of those categories, yes. though, too. Um, Howard the Duck. Probably. They're talking about a remake, a series. But the the thing I really remember was the car. Like I was a I was nine or ten, eight or nine and when this I should not have watched this movie. Oh, there was a it no, was gonna be not. the first time it came out it had an X rating and uh but yes. they had to dial it back. There's a lot going on in that movie. Um oh Zombie Squad. Yeah, he was the leader of the elite division known as the Zombie Squad. Um but his nineteen fifty Mercury that he drove around. It was super cool. And I remember that when my dad used to uh uh, bristle like he when we'd see a movie and a cool car would get crushed or banged you know and this was one of those movies I remember he rolls it and it's a sweet car and you just go oh you felt bad for him so, anyway. I saw Cobra like years later on HBO yeah. because I wasn't allowed to watch that yeah. when no, it first came out so good for you sneaking yeah. into the theaters yeah. and seeing that movie no um, I saw it at the babysitter <laughs> Julie oh. yeah Julie's uh, Your the babysitter, babysitter sounds oh, like a jewel awesome. by the way <laughs> a lot of my upbringing uh, but it it has an 18% tomato meter uh, critics, forty three percent audience score, so not nice. great. Yeah, it's an it's an awful movie. I watched it, yep. and it's it's rough. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not good. 
Well, my number six, I went with a sequel that I could not have been more excited to see, and that is The Karate Kid Part 2. Rotten Tomatoes, 44%. Audience, 51%. So not great. Uh, Still rotten. To begin with, we already know this movie's soundtrack is amazing because of the theme song that's been mentioned Mm -hmm. on a previous episode Mm -hmm. by Peter Cetera, Glory of Love. I I mean, I could love the sequel just for that right there. But the movie is not quite as good as the original. Uh, it picks up right at the end of the first one. Yeah, that's Allie. what I like about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly where it in the parking lot. Yep. Uh, Allie now dumps Danny, which she probably should have dumped him in the first place. He wasn't that great to begin with. But we'll have that on the Karate Kid episode. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you how he's actually the bad guy, but that's okay. Um, dumped him, and then his mom moved to Fresno. So instead of moving with his mom, he just lives with Mr. Miyagi. So great strong family bond we have going there. Um, and then of course they go to Okinawa, right? Um, in Okinawa, he meets a girl. Fights a Japanese guy uh, that hates him for some reason. Uh, battles a typhoon. Um, and Miyagi saves him again. Then he wins in the end. Uh, so it sums it up. You know, it's kind of the first one, but in Japan. A couple mm-hmm. little twists and turns. What I did like was the Japanese guy, uh, Chosen. He's the bad guy trying to mm-hmm. beat Danny up the whole time. Uh, he didn't fall for that crane move. Just like uh, Johnny Lawrence shouldn't have fallen for that crane move. So you <laughs> see that foot in the air. Just push that dude down. And that's what he did. Uh, so that didn't work on him at all. So, But by the way, if you have not seen this movie mm-hmm. in a long time or have you never seen it at all, just pull up the Gloria Love video from mm-hmm. Peter Cetera and you'll it's basically all the highlights. You'll watch the movie right there. Yeah. So in four minutes, you can see everything that happened. He'll cut ice. Yes. He'll do his little back and forth. What's that little toy? I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't a little know. drum thing. But yeah. the whole place does it, and that's yeah. how he wins. And so yeah. uh, the Karate Kid Part 2, uh, as my excitement I told you about at the beginning of this, I remember after seeing it going, ah, uh, not as good as the first one. Uh, yeah. And I will stand by that. But, of course, Peter Cetera yeah. gives it a couple ticks up. Ah, that's good. Yeah, I, I looked at it again I'm because I have movies like my number five, which is Maximum Overdrive. Wow, that's another one I wasn't allowed to see. You got to see so many like I, I remember, un- inappropriate I, yes, nine-year-old movies. I know, and I think again, this is at the babysitter, um, which doesn't say a lot about my I'm gonna babysitter. Go real she quick was a great here. lady. No, yeah, no, I'm going to uh, go real quick here. I've never seen Maximum Overdrive. You and I've seen a lot of movies. Really don't need to, and I have not seen that nope, movie. It's not worth your time. Uh, it has a 15% to make, uh, critics rating, and only a 50% audience. So it it just beat. Uh, Howard the Duck, but uh, it was Stephen King's only directional uh, directorial uh, effort. He, after that, he said never. It kind of cured of him. He wasn't ever going to do it again. Uh, the best part of this movie is the soundtrack. It's uh, ACDC, um, Who Made Who. Uh, so are we it's, having another event here where you have picked a movie based on a soundtrack? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. no that's a good part of it. But uh, <laughs> but it was also nominated for uh, two Golden Raspberry Awards, including worst director uh, and worst actor. So um, just. Just real quick, yeah. we're halfway through our list, and you and I have both selected three movies now that are yeah. the leading Razzie. Yeah, we were not watching yeah. good movies as kids. No, and I think I have some more coming up that were. No, I think I'm good now. Oh, After okay. this, they're pretty decent. But uh, yeah, so Maximum Overdrive, uh, very. Uh, it, Stephen King wrote it, but it's. Uh, after a comet causes a radiation storm on Earth, machines come to life and turn against their makers. Hold up in a North Carolina truck stop, a group of survivors <laughs> must fend for themselves against a mass of homicidal trucks. A diner cook, Bill Robinson, Emilio Estevez, emerges as the unlikely leader of the pack, attempting to find an escape plan for himself and the survivors who include his boss, so, Bubba what, Hendershot. What I have about and a these newlywed things, couple. I've always told, I tell my wife this all the time, I would have loved to have been in the room, just a fly on the wall, mm-hmm. when the people who wrote that script came to the studio, so you got these executives, 
and they read them that. And the I studio's see. like, yeah, I have to have it. Greenlit, go. Yeah. Here's $13 million. Mm-hmm. Make a mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. So, so what? Let, let us get this straight. You're gonna, they're going to get attacked by trucks? Yeah, yeah. perfect. Let's yeah. go. Let's do yeah. that. That that sounds great. I, I mean, but, of well, all the movies that yeah. come in every year, I, it has to be just because Stephen King's name was attached to it. Oh, absolutely. Like, Stephen King? Well, what's it about? Uh, it's about a truck chasing people. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Uh, the One of my favorite parts of the movie, they're at the truck stop. There's this uh, Bible salesman. He's standing in the parking lot of the truck stop. A truck turns on, gets into gear, starts heading towards him, and the guy never moves. He never moves. It's as if the truck just came out of nowhere. It's like that scene in Austin Powers where the guy's going to get rolled I over by like the I feel like it's not that hard to get away from a murderous no, truck. No, And like it, take, it took forever it. for it to get up to speed, and he yeah. and then he gets hit. Well, so. but yeah, maybe so. he was under a trance or something. I don't know. I don't know. So maximum maybe, overdrive. Maybe the trucks hypnotize you prior to running you down. Yeah. It's uh, and I I paid three ninety nine. Oh my goodness! On Amazon to watch that. You're not getting that back. Nope. That's it. That's over. Nope. That was a that was a half a happy meal. You just <laughs> flushed down the toilet. Yep. All right. Well, my number five is a musical, what? and even at ten years old, I liked musicals, or I liked this one at least. Uh, and it is Little Shop of Horrors. Oh. Released nineteen yeah. December nineteen eighty six. Rotten Tomatoes ninety percent. Audience seventy nine percent. Rick Moranis, Steve Martin, Bill Murray, Christopher Guest. So Rick Moranis plays Seymour. He works in a flower shop. He's very poor in New York City. Uh, he finds an alien plant and cuts his finger, and then the plant likes drinking the blood. So for years, he's cutting his fingers and feeding this plant blood because it feeds mm-hmm. off the blood. Uh, well, it starts to get too big, and it doesn't want just his little finger. and It's not enough, uh, and he can't get blood out of his fingers anymore. So he, it wants him to kill people, and so Seymour starts killing and chopping up what we hope are bad people and uh, feeding it to the, to the plant, um, and he's got the great line that everybody knows that the plant is feed me Seymour you know so uh and there's a whole song about that um I remember when I was a kid Steve Murray Steve Murray Steve Martin I'm getting him and Bill Murray mixed up <laughs> Steve Martin uh, he's a dentist and I thought he was funny when I was a kid and he's still funny he sings that song you'll be a dentist and all that but he's a like a, a, a bad dentist as in he likes to inflict pain on his patients um but as a kid I didn't realize he's vicious and savagely beating his girlfriend like she's got broken arms she's got black eyes like every night he's just tearing into her uh so as an adult that's not as funny as it was when i was a kid uh the dentist parts but bill murray plays a patient real small part goes to the dentist uh and he likes the pain so he has him drill on him with no novocaine steve martin pull teeth out with no anesthetic nothing and while he's doing it he's like grabbing him and screaming in joy and like so bill murray turns out to be the funniest part of the movie but uh the steve martin part didn't age as well as i had hoped um but great songs uh, you'll be a dentist as i said suddenly seymour kind of a slow one no. and then of course feed me which is uh, the plant so and in the end he gets the girl does rick moranis uh, underrated actor of the 80s he gets the girl they get a white picket fence house out in the suburbs and in the garden was a little baby uh alien plant oh. so it's coming back uh, but yeah, I, little shop of horrors yeah i don't remember that one I, I that was one that i was it was on my list to rewatch, and i never got to it so um i'm gonna take your word for it it's a musical it's good uh yeah uh let's see here what are we on number my number four is uh aliens uh it Another completely yes. inappropriate movie for me. I know, old. but I remember. I I know I watched <laughs> it, uh, but this takes place fifty-seven years after the first one. 
they they've been floating through space and uh sigourney weaver's character is uh found with uh one other survivor uh, a young girl um and then chaos ensues and uh but uh, this is james cameron's uh direct he directed this one uh, he had bill paxton you had um uh, the guy that uh played um it was his character was hicks but he played uh the guy from the first Terminator movie. Uh, a lot okay. of a lot of James Cameron uh, crossover actors in this one. Yeah, uh, but it's considered among the greatest films of the '80s. It's good. Among the best science fiction action and sequel films ever made. Um, yeah, so it's in a lot of people's top 100 lists of all time. Um, it's received two awards for it got the 90, 1987 Academy Awards for best sound, uh, best visual effects. Uh, let's see, 98 percent critics. 94% audience on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Another uh, interesting crossover from an early one is the gal that played the character Vasquez. She's a toughy little Hispanic girl, one of the Marines. She also, her, her real name was Jeanette Goldstein, and she also did uh, Brownface. Uh, yeah. uh, and so again, it, it, was, a, it was a theme in nineteen eighty six. Very similar uh, yeah. the, uh, for. Uh, How did uh, that happen in eighty six? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. But I so thought that's that was a great movie. Yeah, it's awesome movie. I just didn't see it till like three years later because again, yeah. that was not a movie I was allowed to see at nine and ten years old. Yes, but you just yeah. got to watch whatever you wanted. So I apparently, you know, I don't know. My parents were so much stricter <laughs> than yours. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> well, I think as my dad and I tried to sneak it. around and see movies, and so I watched it when my dad watched it. All right. Well, yeah. Good on your dad. Yeah. Well, my number four is, uh, it's an all-timer, um, easy to put on the list, and I remember watching it back in 86. It is Hoosiers. Uh, released 14 November 86, Rotten Tomatoes 91%, audience 88%. Gene Hackman, Barbara Hershey, Dennis Hopper. Uh, Gene Hackman was nominated for Best Actor, and the movie was selected for preservation in the United States Film Registry by the Library of Congress as culturally historical. So this is a classic movie. So... For anyone who hasn't seen Hoosiers, most people have probably seen it by now. I'm going to spoil it, so go out of the room if you haven't listened, if you haven't watched it mm-hmm. in a long time. Uh, he takes over a small town team. They have like six players on the whole team, um, and of course, his style and discipline gets them all the way to the finals, right? Even though they're this small little team, and it's based on a true story. So they get to the Indiana State Finals, and but my favorite, and it's a feel good. And there's some things along the way you deal with some alcoholism, mm-hmm. some other things. Um, but just a great movie. My favorite part, though, and it'll always be my favorite part, is in the championship game. Mm-hmm. It's right at the end. So Jimmy's the best player. Like, this guy's the dead shot. He makes mm-hmm. every shot and everything. And so Gene Hackman, they get the ball at the end. They have a chance to win the game. Gene Hackman runs a timeout, and he says, hey, we're going to run this picket fence play. Jimmy's going to be the decoy. Such and such, you're going to end up with the ball. We're going to get this easy layup, blah, blah, blah. He says all this, and the whole team just stands there, stares at him. They, like, look around. They do all this. Nobody likes this plan. And Jimmy's got his hands on his knees, just looks at the coach and goes, I'll make it. That's all he says. He says, I'll make it. And so he goes, all right, new plan, get Jimmy the ball. And so they give it to Jimmy. He hits the game-winning shot, nothing but net. But just his subtle confidence to go, I'll make it. I'll make it. That's all he said. So yeah, that's my favorite great, part of the movie. It's great classic. movie. Yeah, great movie. Great movie. Yep. I was just talking to my dad about that the other, this movie the other day, and he said he watches it anytime it's on. So it's, it's really good. It's, it's one of our favorites. So yeah. Um, my number three. Number three. Which it it's going to be higher on other people's lists, and I'd be shocked if it's not on yours. Is Ferris Bueller's Day Off? So uh, this is my number three. Number uh, three. Uh, Hughes wrote this screenplay in less than a week. Which I thought was crazy. So uh, um, I've seen a lot of things where Hughes does this all the time. He wrote Weird Science in like a weekend. Wow. So, but uh, rewatched it. 
I grateful. I, I just like it. I think it's a really good movie. It, it yeah. probably could have been my number one. Um, yeah, I'm impre- I, I'm I'm very excited to see what number two and number yeah. one. Yeah. Are. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's, it was the 10th highest grossing movie of 86. He was nominated for a Golden Globe, or Broderick was. Um, 81% uh, critics, 92% audience. My favorite line, though, is because we've talked a little bit about some theories out there. Well, let's not I, go I, deep no. on Ferris because yeah. here's the deal. Yeah. We're going to do yeah. a Ferris episode where we do nothing but this movie. Yeah. So yeah. let's save most I, of I won't go super that. deep. So, uh, but uh, my favorite line is Ferris can do anything. I can't do anything. And that was Cameron. And I just thought, yeah. man, there's some. There's some, some unpacking to I do. I know there. you always so, find the deep yeah, meanings yeah. in things. So my There's number three so is many, so many great lines in that, and of course you go for the one that just <laughs> yes. uh, really no, strikes thought, that deep meaning. I thought it was really good. Yeah. So. What's that word you like? Uh, heady. Heady. There but it is. but my wife and I were talking about it. I was trying to look at uh, think of the word. Um, it is. Uh, I'm losing it. But uh, yeah, there's another word for heady, and it it, it isn't smart. Good. It isn't no. It's okay. Not good. Pretentious. Okay. There's a fine line. I got to be careful that I'm not, I don't come across yeah, as you don't being be pretentious. pretentious. I don't want to be heady and then go, oh, look at him. One he's, of our listeners are like, you know, he thinks he's better than I, people. <laughs> I think if I'm not careful, people will go, look, at he's going with the, the heady. Just pick the fun one. So, pick the fun one. Anyway. Well, my number three is awesome. Uh, and I remember watching this over and over as a kid, and I've still watched it now. Big Trouble in Little China, uh, released 2 July 1986, Rotten Tomatoes 74%. Audience, 82%. Kurt Russell, Kim Cattrall are the stars. This was a commercial failure. Uh, mm-hmm. Bombed at the box office. I think it made like a million dollars more than it actually cost to do it. Uh, but it gained huge gonna say, following in like the home video department. It became phone. like a cult classic type of movie. Uh, talk about the plot a little. Uh, Jack Burton, that's Kurt Russell's character. Mm-hmm. So Jack, because he refers to himself in third person quite a bit. Uh, he's a truck driver, ends up in Chinatown. Uh, Lopan, who's the bad guy, he's this magical mm-hmm. character. He's got to marry a green-eyed girl. So he finds this Asian green-eyed girl, and Kim Cattrall has green eyes, so he's got them both. Uh, he's got these three henchmen that are like basically Mortal Kombat characters before uh-huh. Mortal Kombat came out. There's literally a dude that's Raiden in that movie. Yeah. He, the electricity, the hat, yeah. the whole thing. Um, there's a floating weird alien. There's a huge Bigfoot grabbing people from uh-huh. wherever. So it's just a great adventure movie. But the dialogue in this movie is fantastic, like especially <laughs> Kurt Russell's dialogue. I, I just this is a quote, Jack Burton, who the character. This 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 quote is fantastic. Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earthquakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says, "Give me your best shot, pal. I can take it." <laughs> So that is that is great A right. You know what? Shakespeare eat your heart out. That's right. right. I mean, you can't get better. That's good than that. Stuff. that is fantastic. The delivery's great. Yeah. The dialogue's great. It's just a great fantasy slash action movie. He's kind of a, a uh, cleaned up version of uh, Snake Bliskin from uh, <laughs> Escape from New York. <laughs> he is no yeah. eye patch. Yeah, no eye patch. He can though. see out of both eyes. Yeah, I can see him saying it though. Um, yeah, but great movie. If you haven't watched that in a long time, I <laughs> highly recommend. Probably not as awesome as I remember, but still quality. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I it's on my it was on my want to watch movies, and I didn't, I just didn't, couldn't do want it. Want to watch. Uh, so we're at my number two. Number two. My number two is Stand by Me. Um, also a Stephen King story, initially uh, originally written as a Stephen King. Overwhelming positive reviews. It got uh, nominated for Academy Awards. It was it's considered one of the most influential movies of the '80s, as well as one of the greatest films of all time. Um, I was not able to find a critics rating for it but it has a hundred percent audience score so that was probably my researching but what i like most about this was the storytelling because i i just think it 
the way it's told, you get the narrator in the background, Richard Dreyfus playing his character and reading reading the story and telling it. I have a soft spot for storytelling. My grandpa was a professional storyteller, and this felt like this feels like a story he would have told. So it, yeah. um, I just I like this movie a lot. It's one of my all time favorites. This so. is a lot of people's all time favorites. This is like one of those movies of the eighties. Everybody's like, "Ooh, Stand By yeah. Me." So I had a killer I, had a killer cast. I mean, it this was, could have yeah. been an honorable mention for me because mm-hmm. I did not see it for years, probably mm-hmm. until like the nineties. Um, so, and everybody's like, oh, you got to watch Stand By Me. And I got to tell you, I watched it and it's good, Yeah. but I was never blown away by it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But maybe it was just my age, yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, good one. Yeah. I mean, can't go wrong going like with Oscar quality movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's not Howard the Duck, but no. this is what it is. My number two is easy and it's Top Gun, the better version of Iron Eagle. Uh, 12 May 86, uh, Rotten Tomatoes 58%, audience 83%. This is an audience-driven movie. Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Anthony Edwards, a young Meg Ryan, Tom Skerritt, yes, Tom Skerritt of Picket Fences, Val Kilmer, Rick Rosovich, who plays Slider, and my favorite actor name of the 80s. Uh, this had to be a stage name, but his name is Whip Hubley. Such a great name. You know, They were like, hey, Bob, you need a name for the stage. I'm going to go with Whip. Whip, Whip. Hubley. If that's his real name, I'm just going to be... In shock, but that'd be great. Uh, so one of the most popular soundtracks to this day, obviously Danger Zone. Everybody knows everything. Yep. Uh, everybody knows everything about this movie. I'm not going to cover it because we're going to do a Top Gun movie. Okay. So we're going to deep yeah. do a deep dive mm-hmm. into this uh, because it deserves way more time than I can give it here. But Absolutely. I can just tell you, I've known this movie forever. Laurel won't watch it with me because I repeat every line. I know every line of every bit of dialogue. Yeah. I'll do it the whole time. It drives her nuts. I love this movie. I'll watch it forever. And what's your, what's your favorite line from it? You have a great, you have a, what, too many favorite too lines. Many, too many? Okay. Um, there's too many to talk about. Uh, I'll, I'll give you this real quick. So when I was in Japan, me and my buddy, Chris, we used to go, we'd go to other people's dorm rooms. We'd hang out or whatever. And whenever I remember one time we left and as we were walking out, I just turned around and I said, thanks. I really enjoyed being here. <laughs> and him and I are dying <laughs> laughing because that's what, t- what Tom Cruise says when he leaves Kelly McGillis's yeah. house. And we're dying laughing. Nobody knows what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Literally for the next year and a half in Japan, we lived there. Every time we left any place, one of us would go, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. I really enjoyed being here. And then we would laugh and people would look at us like we were morons. But uh, how, it was great. How did you feel about the uh, the most recent? Really good. You, you liked it? Okay. Obviously, everybody. You, you felt like it did, it did justice. It so. definitely did. It's, it's okay. a really good movie. So, Well, before we reveal our number ones, let's head to the cut line. As we put our list together, we often find it very difficult to rank just 10 in each category. So for this segment, we will each identify two movies that just fell out of our top 10 and we'll also identify an honorable mention, which is a movie we didn't watch in 1986 or maybe shouldn't have been watching like Rob was watching Mm -hmm. uh, and found it much later, but liked it. So it would have been worth thinking about putting on this list. So Rob, what are your two cuts? Yeah, so shockingly, one of my cut lines is going to be an honorable mention as well. I'm breaking the rules a little bit. Uh, so you have two of the same movie? No, 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 no. All right. So, uh, so my first cut line is a movie called Crossroads. Wasn't that a Britney Spears movie? No. Oh, okay. No. This <laughs> is a Ralph Macchio movie. Uh, not the good one. No, he's a guitar student, and he he's trying to find. So there's a, for those that don't know, there's a a, a blues legend. Uh, there's a, a there was a blues artist named Robert Johnson. The legend has it that he met the devil at the crossroads, traded his soul to learn how to play the guitar. That's the legend. So Ralph Macchio is looking for this missing song. I can't remember the number, but he wrote 27 songs, and he's looking for the 29th song, whatever. Mm -hmm. So he hunts down 
this blues legend that is now at a nursing home. He's under a different name. Uh, he helps him escape. They go down to the south, and they end up meeting at the crossroads, and they have a guitar duel with, with the devil and his cronies. And so, real quick, this yeah. song, mm-hmm. or this song, yeah. this movie's yeah. plot is based on the song The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Is that what we're talking about here? It, it uh, <laughs> may be, but it starts Jamie Gertz, 16 Candles, The Last uh, Boys, yeah. uh, has a 70, uh, 75% critics, 82% audience. I wrote a paper about uh, the blues in college got uh, did really well. I hey, later in life the anytime, reason time real quick, Rob. Anytime yeah. you don't want people to think you're pretentious, <laughs> go ahead and mention writing the a grades <laughs> that you got in college that were and, really good. And it was a community college, so go figure. Perfect. Yeah, uh, but no, I I really got into blues later in life. Uh, there was a band that played at our community college. I ended up uh, going out to it was a little bar in Malala, Oregon. Oh yeah, I drove out there. Uh, just to watch them play. Uh, I've been in love with blues ever since, and so I really like the blues aspect of this. But uh, also a little piece, uh, Ralph Macchio was, he learned to play a lot of the guitar in this movie, but he uh, was filming, I think it was Credit Kid 2, yeah, at the same time. So perfect. he would, he, he was kind of, anyway. Yeah. So well, I, haven't, I, uh, yeah. I have not heard of no. and or seen that movie, so no. I will yield to you on that. <laughs> um, but again, Always a good thing to, uh, yeah. to flex on people about your college grades. Yes, so. uh, my community college grades. Perfect. Uh, and then the next one is one that I did not see, uh, but I just recently watched it, and I thought it was really good. Uh, I should not have watched this as a kid, but it was Platoon. Yeah. Super good movie. I didn't I, see that I, as a kid. No, either. I, I just rewatched it here you know, to prepare, prepare for this, and yeah. uh, super great acting. Everybody um, knows. Everybody it, knows Platoon. Oh you don't have gosh, to. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So uh, it's a, I, what I didn't know is it was part of a trilogy, a uh, Vietnam uh, War film trilogy that uh, included Born on the Fourth of July, July and one called Heaven and Earth that I don't, yeah, I, don't I couldn't that pull that one up. Mm-hmm. It won, it, you know, Oscar, took the Oscars. It's on the, you know, American Film Institute's uh, Greatest 100 Films. I mean, it was it's in the Library of Congress. It's, but it has an 80 or 90% critics and a 93% audience. So, and I just think, uh, Behringer's uh, acting and it was killer. Yeah, and it's a good movie. Great so. movie. Didn't say that till much later because yeah, no, uh, I didn't have a babysitter that just let us watch reading. No, films, yeah, so. and I did not. Just to reiterate, <laughs> this, this probably should have been an honorable mention because I did not watch it until like just a couple weeks ago. Oh, man. So, uh, really good. All right. Well, my two cuts. First one, The Three Amigos, uh, released twelve December eighty six. Rotten Tomatoes forty five percent, audience sixty seven percent. So the audience definitely likes this more. Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, Martin Short. So uh, they are silent actors, mm-hmm. but are like they're like can shoot guns well, and yeah. they're like um, yeah. I forget what that's called, but anyway, so they're good guys mm-hmm. basically. Well, down in Mexico, uh, they saw their movies, and they have this uh, bad guy El Guapo, mm-hmm. so they call them up to actually come in and defeat El Guapo. The three of them, the bumbling kind of morons that they are, they think they're just doing an acting gig. They get there, and they actually actually have to shoot people, and in the end, they do defeat El Guapo with the the like the people's help and so i remember my parents or my dad really liked this obviously the three um i'm lukewarm always on steve martin Mm -hmm. chevy chase and martin short so uh but they had the famous where they go we are the three amigos and then they hit their hips and turn to the side and like thrust or whatever yeah Yeah, so um i I don't love it anymore but going back thinking of 86 it would have been uh definitely a cut Mm -hmm. the other one is the money pit Oh. Uh, released 12, 26 March, 1986, 50% audience, 58% Tom, uh, oh, 58% audience, Rotten Tomatoes, 50%, apologize. Uh, Tom Hanks and Shelley Long, uh, basically they buy an expensive mm-hmm. house. They want to fix it up. 
kind of hilarity ensues. I, I remember I liked the physical comedy here where they're mm-hmm. falling through holes, things are hitting them in the head. So as a 10-year-old, this is pushing all my kinds of buttons. Yeah. So the physical comedy uh, was real good. Uh, but I, I don't think about it much now. It doesn't seem like one of those Tom Hanks rewatchable mm-hmm. must movies. But I do remember watching it, and this was definitely a rental, but sure. seeing it at the house. So... Yeah, the money yeah. pit. That's, um, those are two good cuts. I, I rewatched the Three Amigos to prepare, oh. I, and I I actually really liked it. I thought oh, it was really do. good. I okay. did. My our favorite line because I watched it with my wife uh, was when he he comes to the realization that it's all real, oh, and yeah. just the look on his face, and he comes back and he yeah. says, "It's real. It's all real." It always felt like a parents' movie to me. Yeah. And I know there's funny. Maybe I just mm-hmm. didn't attend uh, understand all the comedy. Yeah, the subtle it, humor. But, you know. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it is yeah. what it is. Well. Even though you've already done it, why don't you do another uh, honorable mention? All right. So I will tell you, I just finished watching this today. I had another one in here, but uh, Pretty in Pink. I had uh, up until today, I'd never watched it. Yeah. So I that might be one people. This is the one people are going to say. Yeah, I don't know how. Seen, how I don't you know how it this escaped long? you. I've it's never like seen one it. of those must eighties movies. Yeah. You've got Breakfast Club. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink. Oh, I mean these yep. are like staples. No, I had a killer, and I really liked it. I liked the story. I liked the mood. I mean, uh, the characters really good. It was great writing. Um, you know, the I guy, really liked it. The dude, the actor that plays her dad. Yeah, your Harry reminds Dean me Stanton. of your dad. Yeah, Harry Dean yeah. Stanton. He reminds me of your dad. Yeah. He's he's in one of my favorite Christmas movies ever. He's a he's a great actor. But yeah, uh, Annie Potts, James Spader, Andrew McCarthy. Uh, there's even a oh. Andrew Dice Clay uh, cameo, <laughs> Christy Swanson. Did Andrew it. Dice Clay do one of his nursery rhymes during this movie? No, no he, he didn't. Did he didn't okay. say anything. No. You know, he just does his he little uh, lighter thing. He shouldn't yeah. say anything. Anyway. But yeah, great soundtrack. Uh, when I was reading for it, it said it, it's considered one of the best soundtracks in cinema history. Yeah. It, like it's right it's up great. there. So, um, no, I loved it. It Perfect. was a great movie. Yeah. Can't believe you hadn't seen it. No, I had not. Well, I'm starting to believe you haven't seen it because... You're watching Cobra, <laughs> but you're missing Pretty in Pink. Your 80s, yes. sometimes your 80s was strange uh, well, compared to other 80s kids. That so, is a whole discussion yeah, for you. another time. Well, my honorable mention is Back to School, released 13 June 1986. <sighs> Rodney Dangerfield? Rotten Tomatoes, 86%. Audience, 68%. Rodney Dangerfield and a young Robert Downey Jr., by the way. Oh. Um, and the person who played, uh, it's William Zubak, or I forget mm. his name, but he played Johnny Lawrence in... Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid. so he's the bad he's the bad guy in this but i didn't see this until the 1990s uh i rented it in japan on base and loved it i felt i, I thought it was hilarious um basic plot rodney dangerfield's kids going to college he's not doing well he's a swimmer um so rodney dangerfield goes to college because he never went to college but he's made himself a multimillionaire. and then he goes to class and he tries to pick up girls and he's, you know, he has this huge dorm room and it, it's funny. Like, it's really funny. I watch it today. It's still funny. Now, when I was younger, uh, I, and I still thought Sam Kinison's in this and he's mm-hmm. a history teacher and he was always my favorite part. Um, a few <laughs> things, he, he says a few things now that are definitely culturally insensitive and well, they're just flat out offensive actually, but, uh, <laughs> it's still funny at the time. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's still funny now for most people. I'm not, ple- I'm not being a cancel guy, but he definitely says some insensitive, uh, racial remarks. Um, but I can see why people wouldn't find it funny anymore, mm-hmm. but I still found it funny just cause I don't know the way he yelled and him and Rodney Dangerfield have an exchange, but, but most famously known for, of course, at the end, he does the triple Lindy. Uh, have you seen this movie? No. Absolutely insane. Your face right now is upsetting me <laughs> so much. I, I can't believe you haven't seen Back to School. So 
Uh, I'm going to stop talking about it because it's... No, keep... Now I, I'm just upset. No, I want to watch. I'm not spoiling it anymore. <laughs> I, again, these things... So you picked a boy who could fly, <laughs> but you haven't watched Back to School. So you have a task this weekend uh, to go watch Back to School because this is insane. So, well, you know what? Since I'm done with that honorable mention, you've ruined the whole thing. Uh, let's just go to your number one. My number one has already been mentioned is Hoosiers. That Oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's probably one of my favorite movies i just i would watch it every time i still uh, love i'll make it always yes no my my wife hadn't seen it actually and so she sat down and watched it and i mean i for some reason and i'm gonna this sounds really dumb i the relationship between the coach and the the drunk coach yeah that whole relationship just gets me every time and it just it hits me in the feels i don't know why but especially i watched it this time and when he gets himself purposely kicked out of the game oh, and yeah. he goes to the ref to and he says coach. he says uh kick me out kick me kick me out of the game if you don't kick me out of the game right now i'm going to scream like yeah. a madman kicks me out of the game so the, the, he goes well i did it again and he hands it you know hands it off to the coach and then forces him to uh get in and so Love this movie. Yeah. Um, another part that I really like is when he when they go to the uh, when they go to the finals and they're in the big gym and they all walk in and he gives the kid the tape oh, measure yeah. to show feet. that it's still ten feet. Ten it's, feet. It's ten feet, just yeah. like back at home. Just and so like back home. Uh, but no, I could watch this movie a million times and I like the period piece. I like the music. I like the the old gyms. The I mean, it's just it's a killer. Yeah. Love love this movie. Fantastic so, movie. Yeah. I was I was fearing. Because you said you rewatched Three Amigos, <laughs> I had this fear Three Amigos was going to be number no. one, but that's no. fine. No, uh, no, I'm no. very happy that it's not. Hoosiers no. is good. No. Well, when we started this podcast, I said my over under was three, yes. right? Yeah. So Iron Eagle, we both had uh-huh. Hoosiers, we both uh-huh. had, oh, and no. my number one, Ferris Bueller. Ah. right. So uh, released that's 11 true. June 1986. Rotten Tomatoes 81 percent, audience 92 percent. Matthew Broderick, Jennifer Grey, a young Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know it. We love it. It's one of those standard viewing Mm -hmm. 80s movies. I won't go too far into it because like Top Gun, this is going to be a standalone episode, as Mm -hmm. I said earlier. Uh, This movie was also selected for Mm -hmm. the film registry because it's culturally historical. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, and the only thing we're going to talk about here before I close off this is if I could come back in another life, I would love to be Abe Froman, the Sausage King (laughs) of Chicago. I just feel like there's a lot of power and prestige that goes with that title of being the Sausage King. Of Chicago, I, I feel like girls would just throw themselves at you. You'd be a titan <laughs> of industry and just because of your sausageness. Uh, all right. No. So if anyone out there is, is wondering what it is to be Abe. famous and powerful, it's the sausageness that Abe Froman <laughs> would have sausage. for being uh, the sausage king uh, of so, Chicago. So, so if I could come back, so I would love to be the sausage king. So. Uh, um, but no, yeah, Ferris Bueller's can't go wrong with that. And uh, so... Over under was three. Mm-hmm. We had three movies yep. that were the same. Good call. Um, so yeah, I'm smart. Yeah, people don't call. know that about me, but I am quite mm-hmm. intelligent. People, I you know, I don't use big words like heady no, or pretentious, and I, and I don't tell people my grades from college. <laughs> Apparently, you walk around with a degree under your arm. I don't, I'm not sure what's going on there, but um, so those are our lists. It was community I do, college. I do want to note a terrible movie. Now you Which mentioned one? earlier. A couple of movies. One that's in our, where, that we already mentioned? Hold on, no. Oh. oh. Uh, you mentioned a couple movies where there was some uh, racial insensitivity, uh-huh. some shading of actors and no. stuff. There was a movie in 1986. It was called Soul Man. Oh, um, I, uh, yes. That came up when I was reading. a horrific movie, <laughs> and it's really bad. So <laughs> C. Thomas Howell is a rich white kid yeah. who gets into Harvard Law, but his dad won't pay for it. 
So he colors himself black to get a scholarship. And then he gets into school thinking he's black. It is awful. And I don't know how in 1986 that happened and everybody just stood around and went, and there are some prominent actors in that movie, like really good actors. And everybody was just fine with it. Apparently curious to know what he thinks about that now. Uh, I don't know, but on top of the fact, it's just a bad movie. Um, it's not good. So let, let me ask you about a movie that was on my cutting room floor. It was Labyrinth. Yeah, so I had it on my cutting room floor too. I tried to rewatch it. I couldn't. It's rough. I didn't even make it through. So when I was a kid, I remember but the puppets. My sister loves it. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember the puppets. And it's like a fan- no. the fantasy element. I really liked the never-ending story, so I thought Labyrinth uh, would yeah. be something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. But yeah. it wasn't the same. Nope. Um, I had some more cuts. Uh, a couple of you said, uh, obviously, Stand By Me, Platoon. Mm-hmm. Heartbreak Ridge. Yeah, I saw that, that later with Clint yep. Eastwood. The Color of Money I saw much later, a Tom Cruise mm-hmm. movie. My wife loves Peggy Sue Got Married. Yep, also on my um, list. Wild Cats, Fantastic Goldie oh, Hawn. No, I didn't uh, that She's a high school football coach. Um, yeah, so I had lots of movies, uh, but most of those I didn't see till later, which mm-hmm. is why they ended up on the cutting room mm-hmm. floor. Um, but I did not have, so I was really glad you brought it up. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't have The Boy Who Could Fly anywhere. So <laughs> I, I looked and it just didn't show up. But I'm so happy oh. that you brought it to the forefront. Also on my us. cutting room, uh, Raw Deal, yeah. Schwarzenegger, American Tail, uh, Police Academy Three. I Police wasn't, Academy a, I 3. wasn't a big a Police Academy so, person. So I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, Police Academy Three. For a while, I was, I had in almost the top ten. <laughs> I mean, Gutenberg's fantastic. Uh, it's got Bobcat Goldthwaite in uh-huh. it uh, with the crazy voice yeah. where he talks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it's awful. But and then Michael Winslow, he's the, <laughs> yeah. the voices guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I liked the police yeah. academies when I was a kid because again, it's uh, slapstick humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it probably didn't age well. That's right. What, uh, what about Space Camp? No, no, didn't, didn't watch it. Okay. Don't see it. Right. What I had about, no interest in Space Camp, so I went to watch the movie. Right. What about Legend, the Tom Cruise flick? Yeah, no, no. So yeah, I, again, was, I, that was I another one it. I didn't nope. watch and didn't have a lot of interest in. Nope. So there were actually a lot of good movies. I thought American Tale would make it's it. It's on my cutting room floor. You love the song so much. <laughs> I figured you'd get in on that movie. We had no cartoons. No cartoon? Uh, another one that was a cartoon I almost had, Transformers the movie. I remember being excited what? to see that, and then it no. wasn't as good nope. as I thought. And they killed Optimus Prime, which just upset me to no end. All right, so. <laughs> well, I think if you want to go back and find some good movies in 1986, we gave you some examples. I think mm-hmm. you want to find some other movies. Uh, Rob gave you some examples. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to just be a complete crazy person, Having not seen Back to School, you could also be Rob for this podcast. So uh, that brings us to the end of the most, this most excellent episode of Totally 80s and 90s Recall. We hope you've enjoyed a look back at our favorite movies of 1986. If you like this podcast, please hit that subscribe button and share it with a friend and head on over to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us feedback, five stars. That's just going to help the show grow. For our lists, what did we get right or wrong? Or did we miss something altogether? Uh, which I'm more than confident we did. Leave us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or our website, which are all included in the show notes. You can also email us at 80s90srecall at gmail.com with comments or show ideas you may want to hear in the future. And we will make you famous and read those emails in future episodes. So where are we going next? What's our homework for next time? Well, next time we are going to be doing a St. Patrick's Day special, our first one. Okay. And it's going to be songs about drinking slash partying from the 80s and 90s. Okay. Uh, these could be songs you like to hear while drinking. They could be songs about drinking. Uh, they could contain lyrics or a message okay. that you attribute to partying, having fun with friends, whatever okay. you want to do. But okay. yeah, we're going to do that for St. Patrick's Day and okay. hopefully come up with some 
Uh, I'm sure you'll throw us a couple curveballs, but we'll come up I'm with something sure. good. That, be, that should be interesting. That sh- no, it's right. always interesting. <laughs> always. Never dull. Oh, never dull moment. Well, you got anything else? I don't. All right. Fancy goodbye. No fancy goodbye. No fancy goodbye. All right. Peace out.